Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikvot Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. We are located at the corner of Boulevard and Grove, across from the Art Museum. For more information, you can visit our website at tikvotisrael.com. There, you can support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and contact us with any questions or comments. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. We pray that those uh, that are here would would um, would hear Your Word and be encouraged and and built up and edified in in You, Lord, and in Yeshua's name. We pray, Amen. <clears throat> Have you ever heard of an auto antonym? Raise your hand if you've heard of this. An auto antonym? No, nobody. An autoantonym is a word that has a meaning that is the opposite of what it means. Now, you may be thinking, what do I mean by that? Well, how can a word be its own opposite? Well, I'll, I'll give you uh, some examples. You know, these, these, these are probably words that are, have some identity confusion. Maybe they're, you know, they're poor, poor confused words. So we're going to help them out this morning. Is that good? All right, so here's an example. How about the word fast? What does it mean? Speedy and quick, right? Yeah? Or so you thought. What about the scripture? There's a scripture and there's, a, um, there's also a song by Jen and Judah Morrison uh, that, that, that they, they sing and they say, uh, it goes something like, um, Even there your hand will guide me and your right hand holds me fast. What does that mean? It means it holds me still. That's not quick and speedy at all. So the word fast could be quick and speedy, or it could be held tight. What about um, uh, uh, oversight? Oversight. When I say that, what does that mean? It could mean that you're supervising something, right? Or it could mean that you failed to supervise something. It was an oversight. You overlooked it, right? So it's an auto-antonym, okay? What about if I said, um, what if I said, I fought with my brother, right? What would that mean to you, right? Well, it could mean that uh, we turned on each other and we started pelting water balloons at one another with Shakespearean insults. You know, we fought with one another. Or it could mean the opposite, that we fought alongside each other, you know, in the, in the Battle of the Bulge, perhaps. Wasn't that a, a Civil War? Yes? You got, World War II? Yes. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, I, I, I made sure I did all my research before I <laughs> delivered this sermon today. World War II. I was just seeing if you were paying attention. Uh, where was I? And I say all this to say the following. <clears throat> I believe there is an auto-antonym in this week's New Covenant portion. Mm. But first, I want to go to the source of these definitions, and this is found in the book of Isaiah. In chapter 6 of Isaiah, the prophet has a vision of heaven, and God is on... Where do you think God is in this vision? He's on something. Any, any guesses? Throne, yes. God is on the throne. 
And so um, he has a vision. And traditionally, actually, Jews have meditated on the first part of, uh, of this text um, in order to try to envision Hashem on the throne as part of their devotional prayer time. So this is very common. So here are the first three verses of chapter 6 uh, from Isaiah. In the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw, what did I see? Adonai sitting on the throne. That's yud vav in the text. High and lifted up. Somebody say, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Seraphim, which are like angelic creatures, were standing above him. Each had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. With two, he flew. And one called out to another and said, let's say this together, Holy, holy, holy is Adonai Tsevaot. That is the Lord of angel armies. The whole earth is full of his glory. So the phrase I want to focus on is in the first sentence uh, that I had you repeat, and that is high and lifted up. In Hebrew, it's Ram Venisa. Do you think you could try that? One more time. Ram Venisa. What does that mean? High and lifted up. And this, I am going to postulate, is the auto antonym, at least according to Isaiah. But how can such a simple, obvious phrase that refers to Adonai, the God of Israel, and means that he is seated on the throne high above all rulers and kings, how could that mean the opposite? There's no throne higher than God's throne, right? Amen? Tell somebody, Adonai is high and lifted up. I don't, I don't think we all participated in that. Tell somebody else, Adonai is high and lifted up. There, yeah, you said it like you mean it that time. Would you believe that Isaiah uses the same phrase later on to mean the exact opposite? You probably would because I keep saying that it's so. But don't take my word for it. Let's read the book, as they say in Reading Rainbow. All right, so the second part of Isaiah, the prophet starts to develop an idea. And the idea is of the servant of Adonai. Okay? And God's servant is described, and it starts describing God's servant in Isaiah 42. So let's take a look at that. Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen one, in whom my soul delights. I have put my ruach on him, my spirit. He will bring justice to the nations. He will not cry out or raise his voice or make his voice heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break. So he's very gentle. A smoldering wick he will not snuff out. He will faithfully bring forth justice, tzedakah. He will not be disheartened or crushed until he establishes justice on earth. The islands will wait for his Torah. Hmm. Interesting. So, um, and there's a couple other servant songs in the latter part of Isaiah that are very similar to this. Most scholars equate this servant with either two people. Could be describing the Messiah, that is, the king who will fulfill the promises to Abraham and Moses and David. 
to restore the people back to God. But some scholars believe this to be about the nation of Israel. Of course, as a representative of Israel, it could be about the Messiah and about Israel at the same time because the Messiah is within Israel, right? Yeah. So in this case, it's not exactly an auto-antonym. I would say it's more like a, more like a homonym, right? Having two possible definitions, which are in fact related. The servant is the promised Messiah, and the servant is Israel. You with me? But then Isaiah's narrative takes a sharp turn. He's still describing the servant of the Lord, and he uses the same phrase that he used when talking about God on the throne, which was, what did he say? That God on the throne is what? High and lifted up. This time he talks about the servant, but there's a different context altogether. Isaiah 52, verses 13 through 15, this is before chapter 53, which is related to, this is what it says. Behold, my servant will prosper. He will be, what? High and lifted up. Ram Venisa, and greatly exalted, just as many were appalled at you. His Appearance was disfigured more than any man, his form more than the sons of men. So he will sprinkle many nations. Kings will shut their mouths because of him. For what has not been told to them, they will see, and what they had not heard, they will perceive. Kind of different, right? Here, the servant is high and lifted up, but it's humiliation. The servant is, is mocked and disfigured and disgraced. Isaiah continues in chapter 53, the next chapter, which is related to this in verses 5 through 6. But he was pierced because of our transgressions, crushed because of our iniquities. The chastisement or punishment for our shalom was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed." We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. So Adonai has laid on him, the servant, the iniquity or the sin of us all. High and lifted up here means something else, doesn't it? The servant takes on the sins and the sicknesses of the rest of Israel. And so his suffering means their healing. So which is it? Does high and lifted up mean Adonai on the throne? Or does it mean the servant of Adonai lifted in suffering and humiliation and mockery? As they asked Tevye in Fiddler on the Roof, the two people that were contradicting each other, they said, he is right and he is right. How can they both be right? To which Tevye said, you know, You are also right. In this week's New Covenant Parsha, we have a similar thing going on here. So let's pick it up in John 8, verses 21 to 30. Again, he told them, that is Yeshua, I'm going away, and you will look for me, but you will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. 
The Judeans said, is he going to commit suicide? Is that what he means when he says, where I'm going, you cannot come? Yeshua said to them, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. This is why I said to you that you will die in your sins. For you do not trust that I am. That's one of the I am statements in John. Who I say I am. Uh, Or some translations say, I am he. But in the Greek it just says, I am. Right? You will die in your sins if you don't trust that. At this they said to him, you? Who are you? Yeshua answered, just what I've been telling you from the start. There are many things I could say about you and many judgments I could make. However, the one who sent me is true. And so I say in the world only what I've heard from him. They did not understand that he was talking to them about the Father. So Yeshua said, when you do what? Lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am. Let's read that together. When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am who I say I am. And that of myself I do nothing but say only what the Father has taught me. Also the one who sent me is still with me. He did not leave me to myself because I always do what pleases him. Many people who heard him say these things trusted in him. Did you catch that in verse 28? Yeshua says, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, you will know that I am. And who is the I am? The I am and the Son of Man is the Cloud Rider. Remember that? Yeah, the Lord. The name above all names, Yud-Heh-Vav-Heh. Yeshua is connecting his identity with the identity of the I am. Remember from our earlier sermon on the Son of Man, Yeshua is referring to someone from Daniel when he says, Son of Man. That is an exalted human who is the cloud rider. And he rides on the clouds, and he comes, and he sits somewhere. And where does he sit? Sits on the throne. Remember the Son of Man from Daniel 7? Well, if you don't, here's a reminder. This is... Chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. I was watching in the night visions. Behold, one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient of days and was brought into his presence. Remember, there were thrones here, not throne singular. Dominion, glory, and sovereignty were given to him that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will never pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Sounds pretty high and lifted up to me. Does it sound that way to you? In fact, I'm not sure there is, in fact, a higher position than having dominion, glory, and sovereignty over all people. I think that's the highest throne that there is. But is this all that Yeshua means when he says he will be lifted up like Adonai on the throne? I believe he also means the other meaning, the suffering servant lifted up in humiliation. 
but I also believe that they are the same. Dun, dun, dun. Yeshua is a different kind of king with a different throne. His crown doesn't have jewels in it. It's a crown of thorns. His robe is not like the robe that filled the temple in Isaiah's vision. It's a robe they used to, to mock him. They sarcastically called him king of the Jews. And his throne, the throne of Yeshua, was the execution stake, commonly called the cross. His humiliation is his exaltation. When they lifted him up on the tree to suffer and die, they lifted him up to the throne. This is because Yeshua is the servant king. Like Joseph, he was humbled and humiliated so that he could be exalted and save many alive. But with Yeshua, his suffering and death on the tree is his coronation as king. And when he is lifted up on the tree, he is revealed as the I am, the image of the God of Israel. About 14 years ago, I started teaching in rural Mississippi in a region called the Delta, which is a flat, uh, it's not really a river delta, but it's, it's the, uh, the floodplain between uh, the Mississippi River and the Yazoo River, and uh, it's just flat, flat, um, as, as far as the eye can see, and uh, that's where I taught high school Spanish for three years, and uh, I was a young college graduate, and uh, if you can imagine, I was uh, even more immature than I am now. I know it's hard to, hard to imagine, but I was, I was young. Uh, so if you can imagine being 22 and trying to earn the respect of um, 17-year-olds and trying to connect and, and manage a classroom and instruct all at the same time, it was, it was a challenge. It, to be honest, it was the toughest period of my life. And uh, out of that, I emerged, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still here, <laughs> um, but I emerged a man of prayer because I was, I was humbled by that circumstance. And I learned that I had to lean on God and lean into the communities of faith that I was a part of. I had a, I had a church family, and I had um, other colleagues that I would process and pray with that were uh, Yeshua followers, and, um, and I had the Lord. Looking back on it now, I see it was, it was a maturing process. And uh, the truth is, I was, I was able to help many of those students to go on to take Spanish at two-year and four-year universities. And I was, I was thankful for that. But to be honest, I, I learned just as much as I taught. And mostly I learned that even when I'm not so great, that he is great. And he's faithful. 
the reality is, is there, are, there are seasons of life that are not easy. And maybe you're in one right now where you could, uh, you could open the, the Bible to the book of Job and maybe say to him, I know how you feel, brother. Just hang in there. You see, we, we too are called to die. Not literally as Yeshua died, but we are called to go through some things. This is because our, our humiliation or our humility is our exaltation. God brings down the proud, but he raises up the humble. Scripture says that if we suffer with him in his death, we will also be, what? Raised with him in glory. So my counsel to those of you who are going through, stay humble, stay trusting God, and stay in community. Because that is what got me through Mississippi. And that's the pattern that Yeshua gives to us. Because he doesn't promise that everything will go perfectly. He promises to go through it with us and then to raise us up with him. So Yeshua said, when you see the Son of Man, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am. And that of myself I do nothing, but say only what the Father has taught me. For those of you familiar with our opening spiel, you're going to know this one. Here at Tikvat Israel, we worship the God of Israel, and we lift up the name of Messiah Yeshua within the Richmond Jewish community. Lift up his name. Acknowledge that he is high and lifted up, both on the cross and on the throne. And then he will bring you through and he will lift you up. He loves you. Let's pray. Avinu, for anyone out there that's going through something right now, I pray that you, you just meet them where they're at and that they would, they would sense your presence with them. You were afflicted in our affliction, and you're being lifted up. When we lift up your name, Yeshua, we're lifting you up, acknowledging not only were you on the tree and that you died for our sins, but we're also acknowledging that you are on your throne. And they are, in fact, one and the same. And help us to align our lives with you and help us to be humble. Help us to be, to be low before you and to know that we're not all that, but you are all that. We don't have what we need to make it through but you do, Lord, and that you are with us and that if we trust you, that you will raise us up with you and uh, that you will never leave us or forsake us. And you were, you're, you were the fourth man in the fire when Daniel's friends were, were thrown into the, the fiery furnace. And uh, you were there with them and you're there with us. So I pray that uh, you would help us to press in 
to your presence when uh, we're in need. And in Yeshua's name we pray. Amen.